0: Love Talk Radio. So it's faith based. It so you're involved with atheism, not atheism, right? It was as you said, saying that you said then that you a lot of Christians um they maybe text or they maybe email you and you know they was pretty much quick scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. But I don't believe the Bible saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions. ...about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept the evolution, evolutionary theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think, Walt Bowtoes? Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so very much for joining me here again... ...on the Atheist Roundtable, this weekly live calling Jill show about atheism and agnosticism, and belief, and non-belief, and a whole bunch of other things, just flow into your host's stream of consciousness every week, here at 11 p.m. on Sundays, that's when the show is live on Blog Talk Radio, I'm your host, my name is Andrew Garber, and I want you to send me all of your internet hugs, by going to Facebook and sending me friend requests, that's like an internet hug, or going to the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable and giving it a like, that's... That's an, that's an internet hug, but most importantly, the biggest, huggiest thing you can do is go to iTunes and leave me your oh-so-coveted five-star review. I just get nice and squishy when you send me that internet hug. Tonight, I have a very, very awesome show for you because I have an interview with Brian Hinckley, the author of the brand-spanking-new book, Atheism, Religion, and Life at Layman's Perspective. You're going to love This interview, because it is with Brian Hinckley, and he is awesome. So, I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to play the interview. Here we go. Thanks for joining me on the Atheist Roundtable tonight. Tonight, my guest, my very, very special guest, is Brian Hinckley, the author of the brand spanking new book, Atheism, Religion, and Life, A Layman's Perspective. One of the coolest books that I have read on atheism in a long time. Time. I mean, when when uh, when Brian says that this is a book for the layman, he means it because I was able to understand dang near every word in the book. So it is a wonderful, wonderful read. Um, Brian, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Wow, I I really feel impressed now.
0: <laughs> I, I I mean, you know, so so often when uh when when you're introduced to a book that's going to try to bring atheism uh, to the layman, where you're going to try to bring atheism to someone who maybe has only ever heard the word once before in their lives. Um, we we throw things like a Letter to a Christian Nation. We throw things like The God Delusion at them. And while those are nice books, I don't think they're written for the layman. This one wow. is.
1: That, that's exactly right, Andrew, and I've read all of those books, and they're good books, they're excellent books, they're top-notch, uh, obviously, and some of them are, are best-sellers, and I would encourage anybody to read it, but as I was reading those books, I, I noticed that there was a gap, and the gap was ordinary language, and also you have to bring people along into the language of religion and uh, atheism, but you have to bring, in a, 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 bring them along in a way in which they're used to the language, They're the ordinary language. Now, my book is a mixture of both, and it was hard to get away from the atheist and religious language. But I, I've tried to do it, and I've tried to strike a balance that would allow the ordinary person understand what atheism slash humanism is all about
0: and and i think you do a really great a really great job i mean the, the the tone of the book is so conversational i mean i can i can hear your voice narrating as i'm reading it and it's it's not the tone of a professor lecturing to a class it's the tone of a of just a friend who wants to try to explain a different point of view that you may not have ever considered before in a real Easy to to digest form. I really like the way that this book is put together. I really do.
1: Well, I, I throughout the book I interject myself into the stories of the of the Bible, uh, or or even the the stories that I I've, I've made up. And um, my uh, my my friend who wrote the um, the foreword. Um, uh, uh, Christopher DiCarlo, Professor Christopher DiCarlo, he picked that up, and he says it's, it's like a bit of a conversation, and I, well, I didn't realize that at the time. But then, as I, I read the book again, I said, "Yeah, I, I can I can see that where I inter interject myself right into the various stories."
0: So, so tell me, you you, you tell a lot about your personal story in, in the book and um i i wanted to kind of get a a quick readers digest version of it um you you say in the book that you came to atheism rather late in life
1: really late
0: <laughs>
1: i can almost i can almost see the light at the end of the tunnel
0: <laughs> no no. <laughs> no
1: some of us you know are slow learners
0: well well i think I don't know I don't know if you give yourself enough credit because even towards right before uh you you say and and now I'm an atheist um it seemed as though you were describing a life for a long time where you had uh downplayed religion's impact in your life for a long time I mean a long time so for for me the the last the last tiny little step I ever took to atheism was just realizing that I didn't believe in a god, and that meant I was an atheist. And that kind of seems like the last step for you, and you were just not one of those atheists for a long time.
1: Well, well Andrew, like so many people, I just didn't question it. Uh, it wasn't uh, something that was important to me. Uh, yeah, I, I believed there was a God, and I believed in, in Jesus and what he said and, and, and all the rest, but I never really questioned it. I never read the Bible um, like I would question all sorts of other things in, in my job and my life and everything else, but I never questioned religion. I just sort of accepted it. But then, after, and, and as far as atheists are concerned, I did, had no idea that there were podcasts, there were websites, there were books, there were organizations and there was groups. I, I never knew any of that existed. And one day I was watching the PBS channel and uh uh I think it's Jim Moyers, no, not Bill Moyers. Bill Moyers was inter, uh was interviewing Susan Jacoby. And I said, My goodness, this woman's very intelligent. And so I started reading her books. And then I got really stuck on one of her books called The Great Agnostic. And Robert Ingersoll is my hero right now. Uh, I've got a lot of other ones. But uh, this fellow lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, what we need today is another Robert Ingersoll. But anyways, that led me to read all these other books, and then eventually I started to question things. And once I got into the Bible... I said, "What kind of crap is this? What kind of nonsense this is this?" I said, I, I just, "People believe this?" And yeah, of course, I was one of those. Yeah, well, it's
0: it's easy to believe a book that you've never read. Yeah, I mean, it it, it doesn't sound like that would make sense, but it actually, it makes a lot of sense when when you used to be a believer and you used to believe the Bible and you never read it at all.
1: Well, there's a lot of people in that category, and uh, I find when I, I talk to, to people who – actually, I think most people are in that category where I was. They go to they, – they they call themselves Christians or whatever they want to call themselves, call themselves religious, and and that's about it. But very few have ever read the Bible. And uh, if they were to read the Bible or if the preacher were to preach half of the stuff that's in the Bible, uh, people would, would run out of the church and say, hey, I've got, I'm not going to be involved in this kind of nonsense. But they don't. They believe God is loving. God is caring. God is is, the, is a beautiful thing. They have no idea how much killing, murdering, uh, ordering of, of, uh, of the slaughter of people uh, through all his various prophets they just don't have a clue. So uh, a lot of these people are sleepwalking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I like the way that you picked out some of—I mean—the the Bible stories that you picked out for the book are well known to skeptics and atheists. I mean, we—we—we we, we, these are our go-to stories whenever uh, whenever uh, someone challenges and says that you know they get their morality from the Bible. Uh, we, we these are the stories that we like to point to and say no nah, no nah, no no you really don't
1: well the, the the there there's there's several of course and what uh, I, I find ironic is um, this is how how dumb I was when I went to uh, Sunday school I was told about and I say this in the in the, in the book uh, how King David um, uh, David and, and Goliath how this little tiny uh, David. Had with a slingshot, uh, felled that monster giant uh, Goliath with one shot, and that was it. That's all I was told, and even going to church, I never heard anything else. <laughs> Can you imagine it took me 50 years or more uh, to realize that after he killed the Goliath, he cut off his head, and then he proceeded uh, through life of killing all kinds of people, uh, going into all kinds of wars, uh, committing all kinds of crimes uh, at uh, God's uh, order, and doing all kinds of atrocious deeds. This guy, David, who is praised by a, a lot of uh, uh, people who are re- religious, especially the Jewish folks, uh, they think he's just wonderful, the star of David, the house of David, um, and, and all the rest. Well, <laughs> this, this guy is one of the biggest killers around.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he He's... He's not a nice guy, not a nice guy at all.
1: And uh, I, I thought it was real. I, a lot of this I had no idea, and uh, I thought it was so humorous. Yeah, it's humorous in a way. It's not humorous in real life, but it, it is humorous when when uh, he decides to uh, impregnate one of his soldiers' wife, and then he tried to get the soldier to come back uh, from the, the fronts in the wars, and he did. And now he wanted them to uh, they, to have a little uh, lay down with his with his wife, so that uh, if his wife then is pregnant, well, then of course it was done by her husband. Well, that didn't work out for David, and uh, because there was a, a rule back then that you don't have sex with your wife while you're in active duty, so <laughs> he sent him back to the front with a note to the general that. Um, uh, put this fellow right at the front of the line, so that uh, uh he 'd end up getting killed in, in battle, which he did, and so that solved david 's uh problem for the time being but it goes on there 's a little bit long more to that story but uh conniving and 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 killing and uh and you know having sex with uh, uh with anybody who they, they please um incest that 's all in the bible you could actually you know you couldn 't write a a a a a Better salacious novel than the Bible. It's uh, it's fantastic if you could read it and understand it, and that's the problem. Uh, uh, the The language is uh, so it's like you're you're reading a a foreign language actually.
0: Mm, yes, it's if, if you were going to go to the Bible for your uh, for your Harlequin novel romance, it's going to be like watching uh, scrambled adult channels back back when I used to. Do that. I'm going to edit that part out. So, um,
1: uh, <laughs> hey, Andrew. Just before you go on, I, I listened to you uh, when you were down at ReasonCon and Bobby C uh, was was talking to you. You were just having too much of a good time, my friend. Uh,
0: oh, ReasonCon was amazing. Um, it was the first conference that I'd ever attended, and Bobby C. It is completely his fault that I was even there <laughs> because. Uh I, I mentioned that I wanted to go to, to this Reason Con and Bobby C said, Well if there's something that needs to happen so that you are there, you let me know and I will make that happen because now you are going to be there. So <laughs>
1: Hey, you you can even talk like Bobby C. <laughs> uh,
0: well that that that's exactly what he said, exactly the way he said it. And um I'm so, so grateful to to Bobby, to Ashley, to uh to the No Religion Required family. Uh, because if it weren 't for them and their efforts i i wouldn't have been at reasoncon and it was it was so much fun i i can 't even put it into words uh the people that I got to meet the experience that i had i I still can 't stop talking about it because it was such an amazing time
1: well they're, they're, those two are genuine people they 're what I call real people, and uh, they 'll do anything for you they 'll help they 'll help you out. Uh, uh, and they're right into this uh, the atheist movement if you can call it a movement, and uh, they'll do anything for you. They're great people.
0: They they are. They truly are. And I, I'm honored to know those guys and be able to. I was so thankful to be able to go to ReasonCon to shake their hand. Uh, they are they are amazing people.
1: Now, good for you.
0: Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the stories that you did make up for the book. I mean these uh, th- these are awesome short stories that you put in here that help to color um what it's like to turn around and look back on faith from an an atheist's point of view these are fantastic um i re- well, i really like them
1: well i'm i'm glad you you mentioned that andrew because there there are a lot of people who've read the book and 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 different people are impressed with different parts of the book and and I'm still curious uh, when I to receive feedback because everybody's different. Everybody will read a book, and then they'll, they'll they'll point out certain parts of the book. And you hit on something that I was trying to do with the stories. What I was trying to do was to give uh, make up stories that are in today's situation. Uh, of, of 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 people, they're 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 made up people. But these are, are are situations that people actually live, like Bill in in his car and, and and so on. These are are how ordinary people see life and how they see religion. And then of course, uh, if I, uh, I may intersperse a few of my comments in there, and and the 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 story, the philosophy of life, uh, I, I try to. To, to show how how some people see things, like uh, I believe it was uh, Uncle George there. Was, uh, I may have got his name wrong, but I think it was Uncle George who was an atheist who was relating the story to his uh, nephew and uh, and how this one fellow had a dream and um, how he, he takes a look, uh, Uncle George, takes a look at life in a very simplistic way and how he was religious, and how Uncle George became an atheist.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, so so often I think it's hard for it, it's hard for believers to be able to empathize with an atheist. I mean, the first thing that they'll say is they'll just give you this wide-eyed look of bewilderment and like. How do you even wake up in the morning? I don't get it. And, and and even atheists who never believed will will look at you and think, but you're a smart guy. You're you're so intelligent. You're reasonable. You're rational. You're intelligent. You're thoughtful. You're all these things. You, you, it, it, I, I can't believe that you were ever suckered into believing these. But these stories help to illustrate. Look, we don't get smarter when we leave, our perspective slightly shifts and things just look different and myths no longer seem to be uh, compelling uh, ideas that we need to hold on to as truth any longer.
1: Well, it it can be very um, confusing for an atheist Um, but I've reconciled the fact that I, I think I understand uh, how religious people who are very intelligent also believe in imaginary uh, fairies or or an imaginary god and uh, where their faith has come from. And once you you become uh, a believer in something so strong that you fight against somebody who attacks that belief, uh, or challenges the belief, or just slightly questions it. It makes the person feel very uncomfortable, because for years and years and years, they believed a certain thing, and now you're going to tell me that what I've been believing all that time was wrong? That's where I was at one point. Actually, Andrew, 20 years ago, if you had told me the things that are in the Bible... That are actually there in the Bible, I would have said to you, Andrew, you're a liar. I would have said right here, they're not in the Bible. Of course, I never read the Bible. So people have beliefs that are so strong and so ingrained because they were brought up, their parents told them, preacher told them, I don't know who else, somebody, some authority figure has told them, and then it's like a, a a brand. Uh, like a cow being branded, branded, but in this case, they're branded right in their brain, and you can't remove that uh, uh, brand, or at least it's very, very difficult. I suppose some branding can be removed, but it, it takes the person to think, and they don't want to think when it when it causes them discomfort. It causes them pain. I, I say I said that in my book that uh, this uh, look at uh, if you're religious and you're going to read this book, uh, I hope you read it. But it's going to cause you some anxiety, and uh, but I also say pain can be something that is useful. I mean, in this case, it's uh, a little bit of mental anguish because you grow, you grow, you think, you know, you learn. Knowledge is a powerful thing, and uh, some people want to ignore knowledge, and and some people once they get knowledge. The thing was, what, once they get knowledge, they start to ask questions. Once they start to ask questions, they start to think more. And once they start to think more, wow, anything can happen.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Uh, one, so often, the when, whenever we talk about the bad things in the Bible, the very next thing that somebody says is Ten Commandments. Uh, Sermon on the Mount. And it's as though you read their mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, the Big Ten and the Glorious Sermon on the Mount. Those are the two... I wanted to emphasize something that um, a lot of the religious people emphasize, uh, or the non-religious may, may just simply mouth. But those are the biggies, you know. The Ten Commandments the Ten Commandments. Holy mackerel. <laughs> you know, today, even... Absolutely most, if not all, of the religious people do not follow the Ten Commandments at all. I have to laugh at the Second Commandment, where you're not supposed to have uh, any graven images uh, to to praise up to. And take a look at, at the churches, particularly the Catholic Church. you got all kinds of graven Im- images in there. Uh, but you're not supposed to have any graven images of anything that's in heaven. That. Well, that. But anyways, the Ten Commandments are the big ones. And they hold that up. And then they don't follow it. I, I, it like it, it can, can blow your mind. And then the other one, of course, is great Jesus. Jesus said some good things. I like some of the things that Jesus said. I really do. But he also said some horrible things. The funny part about the Sermon on the Mount is that, there's, as I said, there's good, bad, and ugly in the Sermon on the Mount. The problem is... They, they only speak about the Beatitudes, and then they ha- they only have their interpretation of the Beatitudes and a few other things that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Then they forget about seventy five percent of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I I love the way that you know the, the, with the Ten Commandments I I, I like I, it was more of a kind of a, a real quick because everybody knows the Ten Commandments and we can all easily see how those things are flimsy, but I love the way that you dug into the Sermon on the Mount, um, because I really think that, a lot, like you said, a lot of the people who think that the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' greatest teachings don't even know what in the world he said there, um, uh, <laughs> and if they knew what he said there, they might think a little differently.
1: Andrew, I would I would suggest that that particular part of the uh, of the book, if religious people would only read it. Now, of course, they they, they would put up their defenses, but it might just make them think.
0: It, it it might just I mean, whether or not I I well I don't I don't I don't know I I think that if a religious person was going to read this hopefully what they do is just realize that even if you're completely wrong and i'm not saying that you are cuz i don't think you're wrong at all but even if you were completely wrong at least there is uh there it, it wasn't just all roses and champagne at the sermon on the mount there's there's at least a mixed bag here and if 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 jesus wasn't always the rosy uh friendly love everybody love your neighbor love god uh, just just big hippie love fest if jesus wasn't all about that then maybe maybe we need to uh to reexamine everything there is to be, uh, everything there is about jesus
1: well it's it's interesting for those who do, who who do read the bible and and they read it dispassionately and and they really look at it they'll say just as 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 I said earlier, people read a read a book or read something and they see it differently. Well, it seems that different people wrote uh, parts of the Bible, obviously, and, and that when you get into the New Testament, Jesus is portrayed differently at different times. Sometimes he's meek and gentle and quiet. Other times he's 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 right off the the end of his stick. And other times he's crying, like he's crying to God. It seems ridiculous because if Jesus is God and God is Jesus, he's crying to himself. If he knows what's going to happen, uh, why would he be praying, praying, praying to God? And it seems like there are are several different kinds of characters. A personality is a personality, but Jesus. Because different people wrote about Jesus, if they did. Well, they did at one point in time, because it's there. But um, they wrote about this, uh, I'll say, mythical character named Jesus. But they give him different personalities. And and I find that very interesting.
0: Yeah, it, it's as though the authors make Jesus uh, think and feel the way they need him to think and feel in a given situation. Kind of the way yeah. a... Uh, uh, an author might do with any fictional character, uh, Brian. I, ha- I have to kind of wrap up here just a little bit, but uh, tell us, tell us where we can go and find the book. Tell us where how we can get our hands on it. Uh, tell us how we can support you and get in contact with you and all of that kind of good stuff.
1: Okay, well, it's very uh, the, the the easiest thing is to Google the full name of the book, and you you'll think you'll get. Uh, all kinds of places where the book's available. But it's it's available. Uh, uh, one of the best places to go to, to my publisher, if you like, call them, uh, is lulu.com. You can start there, or you can go to amazon.com, or if you're in Canada, amazon.ca, Barnes & Noble, um, any number of places uh, that uh, uh, will carry it. If you're in my area – now, you're in um, Indiana or Illinois or somewhere, right?
0: I'm in Indiana, yes.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, then then, uh, one of the best places to go to lulu.com, and uh, then there's a description of the book, and just put in Atheism, Religion, and Life, A Layman's Perspective and it pops up and uh you can go from there but it's it's available pretty well anywhere some some places don't carry it the, the big box stores don't carry it right away but they'll order it for you
0: awesome and and how can people get in touch with you if they were
1: oh well uh you can get uh just go on the on Facebook can get in touch with me. Uh, if you go on my Facebook, I've got information on my book and I've got other information about atheism and you'll learn uh, a bit about me uh, as well. Uh, I've got a number of pages on the Facebook. So uh, just go Facebook, uh, Brian Hinkley, and then uh, or actually the best way to go is to go a- uh, Facebook Atheism, Religion and Life and that'll take you right to uh, my Facebook page. And uh, also uh, you can email me Eight uh, again, atheism, religion, and life at outlook. dot com. I'll receive your email, and I'd be happy to reply to any email that I receive.
0: Awesome. Well, Brian, I, I gotta say again that this this book has really been a pleasure to read. It has been a it's just been a lot of fun to read. I've enjoyed every bit of it, especially the the, the short stories that you put in. And that was really my favorite part. Of the book, I read that section twice because it was just so much fun, um, and I want to just thank you for taking the time to be with me here today. Uh, you're an amazing guy. Thank you so much.
1: well, Andrew, I appreciate it very much. Uh, I want to thank you, and you seem like a fun guy. You look like you enjoy life and look at hey, I'm a little bit older than you you' You only passed this way once, Andrew, so make the best of it.
0: Guys, that was Brian Hinckley from Atheism, Religion, and Life, A Layman's Perspective. You can find the links in the show notes episode so that you can go and get your copy today because you have got to read this book. It is absolutely amazing. It is the easiest read that I've ever had, uh, the most enjoyable read that I've ever had in reading an atheist book, and I've read a couple. So this one was just fantastic. Please go out there. Please get this book. You will not be disappointed. Until next time, everybody, take care of yourselves. God isn't here. We are. Good night. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at Slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at Slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to Andrew the Atheist at gmail dot com. This podcast is the official podcast of Atheists humanists and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God isn't here. We are. Take care of yourselves.